Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters, and we're two pastors, one podcast. On each episode, we'll be answering one of your questions about God, the Bible, faith, and life. We're so excited you're joining us. Good morning, I'm Michelle. And I'm Eric. And we are back with Best Loved Bible Verses. That's right. But first, let's, well, first, thank you for responding. We have lots of verses that came in. Surprisingly, we have three from Romans. That is kind of surprising. It really surprised me because Romans is so heavy and theological. I just didn't think they were going to be the, like the best loved Bible verses, but we have three. Yeah. And I kind of thought it would be more Philippians and John. We do. We have no John. Really? So far. We have two more from Philippians and mine was Philippians. Mm -hmm. And then we have like Psalm from something from Matthew, something from Lamentations. So kind of across the board, it'll be fun. Good. Um... But today, we are doing your verse. Yes, which is one that probably nobody else in the whole world would choose. Well, not maybe not true. the whole world. But not true. It, it's, it's a it, great verse. It's a fantastic verse, but it's an uncommon verse. And it is 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 23 through 25. Oh, whoops. I titled it. You're going with 1 Peter. Well, because it's also Isaiah, but yes. I like the 1 Peter setting. Okay, so because like I put down it? Isaiah 48 oh, as your faith verse, yes. which well, is I, the same. Isaiah 40, verses 6 through 8, right? Yes. As qu- but the version I like is how Peter quotes them. So, oh, okay. That's interesting. Well, we'll definitely have to go back to Isaiah because that whole chapter is amazing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, then tell us about that. Okay. So uh, so now that we've got you all intrigued, here's what the passage is in First Peter. Uh, Peter is writing and he says... Uh, You have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is as grass, and the glory of man is as the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower fades. But the word of the Lord endures forever, and this word is the good news that was preached to you. And so that's Peter, Mm -hmm. and he's quoting Isaiah. right? Right. And so he's quoting Isaiah chapter 40, wonderful passage. I mean, a rich, rich passage. Mm -hmm. uh, The whole thing. You should read it today. Read Read. Well, I'll read a big portion of it. How's that? Okay. 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 So Isaiah chapter 40 begins like this. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. And a voice cries, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up. Every mountain shall be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, the rough places a plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. A voice says, Cry, and I said, What shall I cry? (laughs) All flesh is as grass, and all its beauty like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up on a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up and fear not. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Amen. Man, that's a passage. I think we right could there. end right now. I love that passage. And I tell you, I, I, I love it because not only is the is it such a powerful passage, mm-hmm. uh, but it just speaks to me at, uh, at so many different levels. Yeah. Uh, it speaks to me as a preacher. You know, back and forth, you you you, uh, you got this command from Lord... Um, Comfort and comfort my people. Cry out to them, and then and then Isaiah responds, "But what shall I cry? Mm-hmm. What shall I cry to them, God?" Right. Uh, because you know he's despairing. You know, all flesh is as grass, and the glory of man is as the flower of grass. Nothing lasts. Nothing matters. It all blows in the wind in the end. 
And God says, ah, but the word of our God endures forever. So get up on that mountain and you tell them that God is coming. You know, it's a fantastic passage. Mm -hmm. And then when Peter talks about that, what I love about what what Peter says is that he specifically brings that that context into the preaching of the word. Okay. Uh, He begins by saying, first of all, you've been born again, right? You have been born again through the living and abiding word of God. And then he ends it by saying, and this word is the good news that was preached to you. And that's why it speaks to me so much, because that's my, it's my mission in life. Mm-hmm. I was called to faith by God's word. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been giving a call to, to go and preach God's word. And this is the one thing that will, will ultimately outlive me, is, is the preaching yeah. of God's mm-hmm. word. You know, and I just, it just speaks to me. Yeah. I love it. Well, it gives meaning to what you're doing. It does, absolutely. Yeah. And week after week, there's many weeks where you're like, what should I cry out? Oh my what gosh. should I yeah. preach? I mean, if you know, if we had a video camera in my house on a Saturday, I think people would be shocked. I just, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of Saturday evenings where I just mope around the house, despairing. No, oh, I hate this. I'm never going to do this again. Sometimes, yes. Yeah, uh, but but, but mm-hmm. that's part of being a preacher, though, right? <laughs> yeah, because it's a high calling. It's a very and high you, calling, and you especially um, hold the the scriptures in high regard, and so to have to get up and speak on them week after week, yeah, it 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 can be wearing. Yeah, it can be challenging. So it speaks to me as a preacher, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it really speaks to me too, the, the whole way I came to faith. Now, this is kind of a long, convoluted story, so bear with me here, mm-hmm. right? But uh, the, the way I came to faith, uh, you know, I, I went off to Dartmouth College. I didn't believe, actually. I was very proudly an agnostic. Yes, I don't think you I would were, have claimed to be an atheist because mm-hmm. that would have meant you had to, you know, drive your stake somewhere. But okay. I, I just claimed to be an agnostic. Mm-hmm. You can get away with a lot when you just do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do you remember our Dartmouth College motto? Yeah, I was going to say, that's in Isaiah 40 mm-hmm. as well. A yeah. voice of one crying in the wilderness, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Isaiah 46, Vox Clamatius in Deserto, the mm-hmm. voice of one crying in the wilderness, because Dartmouth was founded as a, a mission to Native Americans out in the what was then the wilds of New Hampshire. Yeah, really. Uh, and so that, that that's a, a very deep passage for a college, mm-hmm. the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Um, and for me, it really spoke to me because that, that was one of the few passages I ever knew because it was our, our, our college, you know, our college's motto. I really kind of researched it. Sure. And that was one of the few scripture passages I knew. And it really, really spoke mm-hmm. to me when you looked at it in, in, uh, in what he was saying. Um, and, uh, to not go into too much detail, but in, in college, that, that's where I really came to faith. Yeah. And the way I came to faith was on the far side of going through a, a time of, uh, a, a time of meaninglessness, mm-hmm. you know, a long, dark night of the soul. Yeah. Uh, and the story is, uh, I lived on what was, uh, I lived in what were called the, the river, uh, the river dormitories mm-hmm. down by the Connecticut River. Yes, I lived there once too. Yep, and they were a long haul up yes. to the main part of campus. <laughs> uh, but I found a shortcut that passed through the Dartmouth College Cemetery. Oh, and right. it was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful cemetery. I mean, you know, dating back to the, the, the 1700s, mm-hmm. just gorgeous place. And I'd, I'd walk through there two, sometimes three times a day because it, you know, would cut a couple minutes off my, uh, my daily walk. It was also a peaceful place, a restful place. But going through there all the time and being a rather, you know, sober, serious-minded guy like I am anyways, I would look at these, um, look at these gravestones and look at these mausoleums of, of famous men who had something either to do with Dartmouth College or with the state of New Hampshire. And there were, you know, senators, governors, professors, mm-hmm. college presidents, all these things. And I think to myself, you know, one day that'll be me. Mm. If I'm lucky, one day that'll be me. You know, but I might actually work hard enough and be famous enough that maybe I too will have a place of honor like this. Sure. And, you know, one day there's going to be some little 19-year-old kid walking by me two or three times a day, not knowing or even caring that I ever lived. Right. And is that really all there is to life? Mm-hmm. Is that all there? Because I'm working and working. Is this all there is to it? Is this it? Is all flesh just grass? 
And that really shook me to my core because I realized that for the first time in my life, I realized that there was, that what I had been living for wasn't enough. Mm. I was living first to graduate well from high school, then to get into a good college, and then to graduate well from college. Mm -hmm. On and on it goes. On and on. And those are all good things, but ultimately they they don't last. They don't matter. And that really shook me to my core. Um, And that was very disturbing. So I tried to find meaning in all kinds of different ways, eventually found it in God. Uh, and there's a couple ways that God brought me to himself. Uh, the best is, of course, through you. Thank you. Uh, you're the one who brought me to faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, but another way that God brought me to himself was through music. Yes. And uh, I sang in the Dartmouth College Glee Club, which mm-hmm. was their, uh, their choir dating back a couple hundred years. Well, at least a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sang in the Dartmouth College Glee Club, and we always would do choral music. And, you know, choral music is deeply, deeply religious, even mm-hmm. though I wasn't. It was deeply right. religious. And one of the pieces that really spoke to me was Brahms' German Requiem. And I think we sang it, I think it was my junior year of, of, of college. Okay. Might have been my senior, but I think it was my junior year. But it's this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful passage. And it's a deeply moving passage where, um, you know, you hit, uh, if, if anybody out there has ever heard the piece of music, it is, it's powerful, powerful, powerful piece of music. But there are these two movements. One is called, um, it goes, Herr, lehre doch mich das, ein Ende mit mir haben muss, und mein Leben ein Ziel hat, und ich davon muss. And it's a quote from uh, Psalm 39. Lord, let me know the end of my days, that mm. my days are about a handbreadth, and that the, the time of my life must one day come to an end. Oh, wow. Uh, and for where I was in my life, that was something that deeply struck me. The, the words moved me. Uh, but then also singing them, you know, so, uh, I tell you, it is a spiritual experience to sing in a choir that knows how to sing. Mm. You know, when you're one of a hundred voices up there and everybody's, everyone's got different notes, but you're all moving mm-hmm. in the same, it's, mm. it, it is a powerful, powerful experience. And that was one of the pieces that God really used to, to break through the hardness of my heart and to preach, uh, to preach the word to me at a time in my life when I didn't want to hear it. Right. But he was preaching. Well, does everybody understand? I should say, because you speak German, but do you guys all go through the music and figure out what it's saying? Yeah, so that we can, so that as singers, you you understand what okay. you're trying to That's communicate. That's what I wondered. Right? Okay. I mean, they're, they're primarily concerned with the, the right notes, of course. Sure. But he wants you to understand, hey, here's the emotion behind what's okay. going on. So you knew um, what that meant. Yeah. Yeah. And so I knew what it meant. And then later on in German, in, in the, the German Requiem, um, there's the, again this this other movement. Then uh, alle Fleisch es ist wie Gras und und alle Herrlichkeit des Menschen wie das Gras es Blumen ist. Das Gras es verdorrt, die Blumen abgefallen, aber das Herrenwort bleibt in Ewigkeit. <laughs> and it's this wonderful, wonderful passage, which is Isaiah. Know, Isaiah uh, about this, you know, all all it's this passage that begins with with despair and mm. with giving up on life. Mm-hmm. All flesh is as grass, the glory of man. This is the flower of grass. Nothing matters. There's nothing that time will take away from you. And it kind of winds down to this depressing minor key, almost comes to an end. And then there's this brilliant double forte burst. <laughs> but Abba does head and foot, but the word of our God wow. endures forever. Wow. And uh, you know, I get teary eyed just thinking about yeah. it now. And I remember it's amazing. You know, being 19 or 20 years mm-hmm. old, lost. I couldn't have used the word at the time, but sure. I, I was you lost. Were lost yeah. I was lost, and I, I knew that I was that I had nothing I was living for. Um, that that my, my my life had no meaning, no purpose. Mm. And then here was in God's providence, I was able to sing this passage, that uh, that musically was just a, a brilliant preaching of the gospel. But the word of our God mm-hmm. endures forever. And then it goes on for two or three minutes in this beautiful fugue and 
trumpets. It's just absolutely gorgeous piece of music. And it would just move me to tears singing it. Uh, I couldn't know why. I mean, I, right. I, I, I knew that it was a powerful piece of music. But now, of course, looking back on it, I realized that God was preaching to yeah, me. Yeah, the Holy Spirit was working on you. Yeah, yeah, that he was preaching his word to me. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the things that finally, finally broke through to me. And then a couple months after that, maybe a year after that, is when I met you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you you cultivated the seed that uh, that had been planted by that, yeah. that piece of music and brought me to faith. Uh, and then finally, you know, we uh, so I came to faith, gave my life to Jesus Christ, and he called me to be a pastor and a preacher. Uh, we went to Luther Seminary. So after three years at Yale Divinity School, we went to Luther Seminary. Uh, and in Luther Sem, they have this stone cross that stands outside of the old building. It is a replica of the oldest cross in Norway, mm-hmm. because Luther Sem was founded by Norwegian immigrants. Right. So it's a replica of a Viking cross, the oldest cross in Norway, you know, over a thousand years old. And inscribed upon it are four letters, VDMA, uh, which means Verbum Domini Maneet Eternum, the word of okay. our God endures Forever. forever. Uh, and that just, I just love seeing it because it full circle. all came full circle. Yes. And then I just now found out doing research that the reason that cross is there is not only because it's a replica of the oldest Norwegian cross, but those four, the, those four letters, VDMA, the word of our God mm-hmm. endures forever. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that is a symbol of the Lutheran Reformation. Oh, right. It goes back all the way to 1522. Okay. So, you know, Luther nailed his theses to the door in 1517. Uh-huh. 1520, he was tried. Uh, before the before the emperor, in 1522, the uh, nobleman who was defending Martin Luther and protected his life, his name was Frederick the Wise. Uh, he he adopted as his court um, badge, VDMA, the Word of Our God endures forever. Wow. And he had that sewn into the sleeves of all of his courtiers as a badge or a symbol of what they were fighting for. That they were fighting for the Word of God. Oh my goodness! That the Word of God has power. Uh, that the Word of God is more powerful than the Holy Roman Emperor. The Word of mm-hmm. God is more powerful than uh, than the Pope. And they were staking their lives and their fortunes and their territories on that. Um, and I, I just learned that today. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's truth, right? I mean, because all, those empires have all faded. Mm-hmm. And yet what still stands is the Word. All yeah. those people are gone. Um, but what still stands is the Word. And um, John Piper said about this verse... If you want your life to have depth and durability, fasten your mind and your heart to his word. Yeah. Because that's all that endures. And then to bring it full circle to New Hampshire, actually, he also said about this passage, our voice is grass, his is granite. Oh, I like that. Right. And of course, New Hampshire is the granite state. But you get the point that our voice, what we say, all the words, you know, there are so many words right now about everything in the world, but all of our words are like grass and they go away. Yeah. And they don't last but the word of God is like granite and it will last forever. And it is really what all there is to stake your life on, in, in our opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of times, again, you know, I love what I do. I love mm-hmm. being a pastor. I love preaching. But I mean, there are ta- a lot of times when, you know, the, uh, when, when the, the devil plays mm-hmm. my flesh like a, yeah, a it... fiddle, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and you just despair. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what's the point of doing this? I mean, yeah. you get up week after week after week. Does not matter? Will anything, will, will any of this last? Will it even matter? Mm-hmm. And then God always brings, not only does God always bring this passage back to me, that, you know, everything is going to pass. Everything will fade. 
but the word of God endures forever. Mm-hmm. And those, you know, those who believe in the word of God, they shall last forever. They, they will have everlasting life with me. But then also in his providence and in his blessing, oftentimes when I'm, when I'm in one of those dark, dismal moods, yes. um, that's when God will, will raise up somebody to send me an email or mm-hmm. send me a card. For and sure. Say, Boy, pastor, you know, three weeks you preached on thus and so, and that really spoke to me. Yeah. And I said, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, that's all God. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's all God when he works through his word to um, reach others. Yeah. So I love it. It's a great pastor. And I got to go listen to German. Well, I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize we were going to have your whole testimony. That was very nice. Yeah. Well, it's I all, like it. And that's why it's my favorite verse because it wraps up the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm naturally inclined to this all or nothing stakes you yeah know? i mm-hmm. mean for me the, the whole the whole way i came to faith was what's what's the point of it all right if, if there's no meaning in life then why even bother doing anything mm-hmm. but if there is meaning in life then it, then it's worth giving your entire life to it yeah. so for me it's it's Amen. really an all or nothing stakes and mm-hmm. preaching and singing and how i came to faith and it's all wrapped up yeah well i mean and that's really the call of jesus he says you know if you're if you're not for us you're against us there's yeah. not really a, a middle ground to following him no there's not, not there's no lukewarm is what it's called when you're kind of in the middle and right the gospel says he'll spit you, spit you out spit you out yes it's in revelation yeah. yes we don't want to be lukewarm we want to be all in right yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yeah so it's a great passage and i, I encourage our listeners you know if uh, only if you like classical music if you don't you'll be bored to tears uh but if mm-hmm. you do like, i would be bored to tears yeah you would be uh, I listen to you many, many concerts very nicely. <laughs> you know, I remember not when, having any idea what was happening. Right when we were first married, you came to one of my concerts oh. at Yale, and at the intermission, you're like, "Okay, we can go now." And I was like, "No, there's another hour left." <laughs> and I was like, "No." <laughs> yes, that is definitely true. But yes, I would encourage you all to read. Well, no, you were going to say to listen to it yeah, if you're to, a music person. Right to listen. It's uh, Johannes Brahms, Ein Deutsches Requiem, or a German Requiem. Okay. Beautiful. Probably can get it online, I would oh, imagine, absolutely. right? Yeah, okay. I mean, it's been recorded who knows how many times. Okay. It's, a, it's a standard piece of music. Okay. Well, so do that. Also, maybe read Isaiah 40 today. And I just want to close with the last verses of it because it is such a powerful um, chapter. But it ends with, do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He never becomes faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding. He gives strength to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Youths may become faint and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. Amen. Amen.